Hi, welcome to the Kulak Chronicles podcast. This is the podcast where we talk about real life issues that both teen girls and young adult women face, struggle with, and hopefully overcome. I'm your host, Tamara Masayer, a woman who had to wear culottes the first 15 years of her life. I'd say this podcast is devoted to all the life lessons I learned while wearing culottes. I'm also a woman who is currently raising five beautiful daughters. I do have three sons, but I promise not to talk about them too much here. And I'm a woman who has taught teen girls for almost 25 years. So I may have some idea of what young women face because the issues don't really seem to change with the times. So come along and join me as we dive into today's episode and see what the culottes can teach us today. Hey there, Kulak Chronicles family. Thanks again for joining me for another episode of the Kulak Chronicles podcast. I am Tamara Masayer. I'm your host or hostess, and I'm excited to talk to you today about a topic that I feel, no matter what age uh, bracket you fall into, but it's the idea of insecurities. And it's unfortunately something that many people struggle with throughout their entire lives. And so today we're going to talk about some, you know, three major uh, common insecurities that people have. And then we're going to talk about um, practical ways to hopefully overcome them. If not fully overcome them, then to try to squash them deep to, uh, you know, not have them always pop up in every situation there for you. But, um, you know, what's the definition of an insecure person, all right? Or insecurity means what? It's the idea that you are uncertain or you have anxiety about yourself or a lack of confidence or better put, you're not comfortable being you, all right? And again, at some point, all of us are going to be not comfortable being who we are. We're not going to be comfortable in our own skin. We're going to wish that we, you know, acted a different way or we wish we would know how to respond here or we would wish that we could do this or that or look like this. So we're all going to struggle with some types of insecurities. But let's talk today about how we can practically overcome them or at least try to get victory over them. All right. So one of the first areas I think about that people are insecure is the or they get anxious is the idea of unknown situations or new situations. Um, again, a kid that's going off to the university for the first time and she's going to have roommates and maybe she never had a roommate before. Like she has, she got her own room. She didn't have um, to share with her siblings, but it's a new experience. You know, maybe it's even a university out of state. And so maybe kind of like a different cultural experience, if you will, because parts of America are definitely like culture shock for those of you uh, who live here in California. So it's the idea that you're anxious about this new situation, right? Well, the people that you are going to meet, your new roommate, or the people that you are going to work with, or, um, you know, you're going to a new school, maybe, you know, there'll be new kids, new teachers. It's the idea of I'm anxious about this new situation because I don't know how it's going to pan out. Will these people accept me for who I am? Will they think I'm odd, awkward, stupid? Will we have anything in common? Or how can I even strike up a conversation? Are we just going to like stare at each other and see which one looks away first, right? So anytime there's like an unknown situation, I think we're automatically insecure. I don't know of anyone personally that walks into a a, a new situation and is like, I own this. I'm going to walk in with the the super air confidence and I'm just going to make everyone like me. I don't know who, I don't know many people that are confident like that to say, no, I don't have just a teeny bit 
um, amount of anxiety as I go into this new situation. Another area I think we can all probably say there is a bit of insecurity there is the idea when people, when you find people looking at you, we kind of, most people jump to the conclusion that why are they looking at me that way? What are they thinking of me? Why are they judging? Are they glaring at me? What's wrong with me? Is there something on my face? Does this outfit not look nice? And we get into this like, you know, mode of attack. All right. Cause we definitely think whatever they're looking at us with the way they're looking at us is definitely mode of attack. All right. And maybe sometimes they're actually just not even looking at you. They're like staring past you, but, um, we get that perception that people are judging us. Right. And so then we begin to wonder, well, why are they looking at me this way? Um, what did I do? What am I, you know, again, something on my face. Um, and then social media, we think people judge us in social media, right? I don't know if I should post that. I think people will like get mad and think I have a certain opinion and like, I think they won't understand what I'm coming from. And then I'm going to lose followers or I'm not going to get enough likes. Um, should I post this picture? Cause I think I look cute. You know, what was that? Uh, it was a while ago, uh, felt cute. So, um, you know, the idea felt cute. So I posted might delete later kind of thing. I saw that trend on social media a while ago. And then, you know, you get insecure because you think people are going to judge you of what you put out there in social media, whether it's just a picture or a quote or a meme or, you know, some TikTok video. Right. Um, and I think unfortunately in this day and age, the whole idea of social media has definitely boosted the amount of insecurities that people, uh, most of us possess. And then the third area, um, main area that I think people get insecure about is the whole idea of body image, right? Whether it's the idea that you don't like the shape of your body or that you wish you had a different eye color, different hair color, different skin color. Um, maybe you focus on, you know, I want to look like a certain celebrity. Um, and then maybe, you know, you focus on the idea of what social media tells us a beautiful person is right. And so again, we just have body image issues. And so that's another area that people are insecure about. Well, I want to tell you the first time that I realized that I had insecurities was when I decided to try out for the junior high cheerleading squad at my public school. Now, remember, I grew up wearing culottes. And so that's the whole name of the, you know, the podcast, Coolette Chronicles, right? But uh, my mom lovingly made me these culottes. And honestly, guys, I was like, I was okay with them. It didn't bother me. I knew other people were not wearing them. Um, very few people, you know, like if I were at church, yes, they're wearing them, but definitely my public school sports team, they're not wearing them. You know, my hair was very long down to my bottom and so forth. And, um, I don't ever remember feeling like super insecure about that. I just didn't. It was just like, whatever, you know, but when I decided to try out for the junior high cheerleading squad, the whole reason I did that guys was because my parents had told me I couldn't, you know, do the traveling soccer team anymore. That like totally just, just crushed me. Okay. So now I can't do that sport. They don't have soccer at my public school. So I couldn't play that. Um, but they had a cheer team and I noticed of course that all the cute popular girls were on the cheerleading squad. And so I thought if I try out for the cheerleading squad and I make it number one, I don't have to wear culottes at the games because I will get this super cute pleated short skirt and I will look like everyone else and I look so cute in it. So I wasn't intimidated. I wasn't shy. I'm like, I'm going to go, I'm going to go do this. So I go to the practices where you learn the cheers and I had rhythm, you know, I was in band and stuff, so I can do a whole like stomp clap, whatever routine. I learned that that was, I did really well at it. So when it came time for the, the, um, 
the tryouts, there is a panel sitting in there in front of the gym. And honestly, again, I remember my, my belly hurting just a little bit, like butterflies in my stomach. But again, nothing because I was like, I got this. I know these cheers, you know. And so you do the group cheer. Okay, got it. Then you do like a cheer with like two of your friends. Got it. Then you do your own little cheer. Nailed it. And then it was time for what they called the gymnastics routine. I didn't know I needed gymnastics. Like, I don't know where I was during all these practices, but apparently you had to come up with a gymnastics routine, like just, you know, show them something that you could do gymnastically. So I did what I thought to be the world's cleanest cartwheel and I nailed it. And so they said, okay, is there a secondary gymnastic um, move? And then I was like, oh my goodness, I need two. I couldn't do the splits. I didn't even know if that was considered gymnastics. Uh, so I was like, Okay, think quick on the spot. And all I could come up with was an amazing somersault. All right, guys, when I got up from that somersault, I jumped up, I landed it. I put my hands in the air. I put my chin up with a big smile. My chest was out like, you know, gymnasts when they land, you know, an amazing routine off the, uh, the, uh, you know, um, the parallel bars and, you know, and so forth. And I was just beaming with pride because I thought I just nailed this entire tryout. There was like no way I'm going to be cut from this team. And I have to tell you that when I, you know, brought my arms down, my chin down, I looked at the panel and there were, you know, some high school kids there. Cause they were like on the um, varsity squad. This one girl literally put her face in her hands and her shoulders started shaking. So I knew that she was trying not to laugh at me, but she was so laughing at my routine because a somersault is not a gymnastic move unless you're like one years old or you're a toddler, right? It's, it's nothing amazing. And so I remember Again, not feeling like, oh, I didn't get this. It was just like, okay, well, I'll learn more gymnastic moves. So I left. And then, of course, a week later, the uh, list came out of all the girls who made the squad. And big shocker here, guys. My name was not on the list. And I remember crying. My heart was crushed. Like, I tried out for the soccer team before I made that because I was good. All right. And so I equally thought I was good at cheerleading minus, you know, the gymnastic move, which maybe they could like sign me up for gymnastics class. So I remember my dad picked me up and I'm, you know, my face is red. Um, I'm crying. And he's like, what's wrong? You didn't make the team. I was like, no. And he's like, well, suck it up, kid. Uh, there'll be other opportunities. There'll be other things you can do. Let's go get you mint chocolate chip ice cream cone from UDF, which is a store there in Ohio where I grew up. And I remember thinking, you're going to buy me ice cream to make me feel better. This is not cool, dad. I like, I am hurting here, you know? And, um, but truth is I love ice cream. So it pretty much did help me feel better, (laughs) but that is the first time that I remember feeling not comfortable with who I was. I, I walked out of that gym and, you know, um, I noticed I had the cool lots, but it wasn't like a big deal to me. But then I started noticing, you know, the other girls, you know, they had cute hairstyles, big, large bows in their hair. Some of them even had makeup on. And I so was not wearing makeup as like an 11 year old going on 12. Um, that was big. No, no, in my house. And, um, I just remember feeling insecure. So as we head into junior high that fall, I was, um, you know, okay, I didn't make the squad. I don't know what sports I can do because that's what I thought would get me to popularity. And, um, we had to sign up for an elective class. My mom signed me up for this class called quest. Right. Yeah. The one, like the word that means a journey. Right. And I was like, what is this class about mom? I don't really want to take it. She's like, oh, you need to take it. 
I'm concerned, Tamara, that you have a low self-esteem. And I'm like, duh, I do. <laughs> I, I'm wearing culottes to public school, you know? I did not make the cheerleading squad, so now I'm never going to be cool. So yeah, I have a low self-esteem. But whatever, mom, you know, like who doesn't, right? She's like, no, I need you to take this class. I think it's gonna make you feel better about yourself. And so of course it was all about, um, loving yourself. Okay. And telling every morning that I am loved, you know, and I am, you know, valued and so forth. It was the idea that I was supposed to get over this poor image of myself, um, my body, my personality, my intelligence, my talent, my athleticism, you know, all the lacking areas of my life. And although the class was nice and I, you know, got to sit with a very nice girl, I did not come out of that class at the end of the semester feeling any more empowered or loving myself anymore. All right. I was still very much struggling with the idea that I just wanted to have people like me and not think I was this weird church girl, you know? Um, and so I, I segue now into the idea, well, where do our insecurities come from? A lot of them, yes, can come from your past failures or your past rejections, like not making the cheerleading team. All right. A lot of it can come from childhood in terms of how adults spoke to you, um, how they treated you. Uh, maybe, you know, they didn't say kind words, you know, and they told you that you're just not lovable. You're such a brat. You know, why can't you be smarter like your sister? And, you know, they said hurtful things that tore you down. Um, or maybe it was their expectations, you know, unrealistic expectations for you. Or maybe just the pressure of like, you have to be like your sister. You need to get a 4.0. You need to be valedictorian. You need to be a starting player on whatever athletic, um, athletic team. You need to be the first chair of whatever instrument you play. And maybe there was all these pressures that were put on you, um, you know, by adults who meant well, they're just trying to have you reach your full potential. But in reality, they were putting these pressures on you that just, so when you didn't meet those expectations, you know, you failed and you felt like a loser. So maybe that gave you some insecurities. Um, a lot of times insecurities can also come from those who are perfectionists. You guys constantly are seeking perfection because you are driven, which is amazing. But it also, there's a downside to being so driven because we're not always going to hit the mark that we want. You know, um, I think about, you know, students, um, you know, that I teach and have taught in the past where, you know, it's like, it's not just enough to get a 4.0 GPA. Right. Um, and I think, shoot, that's really awesome. Cause I never had a 4.0. I mean, I had all A's and like a B cause I cannot stand math and science, but I didn't get a 4.0, but I would have loved to have had that. But, um, and it wasn't for the lack of, you know, not working hard. It's just math and science, not my thing. <laughs> but, um, you know, these kids who are like, not a 4.0, I need like a 4.9. And I think, wow, that is crazy awesome for you. But, um, you know, sometimes they don't hit the mark that they want. And so they get irritated and they get upset and then they're not content with the success that they do have. And this carries over into adult life, you know, um, whatever, you know, CEO, I want to make so much money. And then you make that money, but no, I need to make more or I need to make more sales or whatever the case may be. And so people who strive for perfection, they're going to be disappointed. They're going to get insecure because no one is perfect on earth. Right. Um, so these are just some ways in which maybe where, you know, in, in, in insecurities develop. All right. I think though, at the root cause of all of those things, whether you're talking about past failures or rejection or childhood or striving for perfection. Um, I think at the root cause of all of that is just the idea that you've misplaced your trust 
And you can do this without even knowing it. Okay, so what do I mean by that? Because that sounds, what, <laughs> right? Um, for example, maybe uh, you're in high school and you're told as a freshman entering high school, if you take these classes, you know, college prep, AP courses, dual enrollment courses, if you take these and then you volunteer insane amount of time throughout the next four years at a variety of places, um, if you participate in sports, if you participate in the arts and so forth, if you do all of these things, you will get into the university of your choice. So you put your trust in this you know, information, you put your trust in your ability to go get and succeed and do exactly what you have planned to do. And then when the day comes that you fill out all those applications to all these amazing universities that you just know you're supposed to get into because you've done everything, you've done more than you need to. And the rejection letter comes or letters, then you are hurt. You're devastated. And you put your trust in something that said, that was promised, hey, you do this, you work hard, you're definitely going to get the university of your choice. And that ends up not happening. And so you get that insecurity of, well, I failed. Now, no one's going to accept me. I certainly don't want to go to a second, you know, rated university. Um, Or the idea that the, you know, society tells us, you know, if you just have a boyfriend, you know, um, you'll feel loved, you'll feel, um, accepted, you'll feel complete. Right. And so you get a boyfriend and you realize you're not left feeling that way. In fact, sometimes you feel quite lonely, even though you have a boyfriend that everyone said would just make you feel better. So you've put that trust in the idea of a relationship and that fails you. Or maybe you've been told through your life that you're just not pretty. You're not smart. You're not good enough. And being told, you know, unfortunately, I don't know who would ever say that to people because I just think that's utterly unkind and ridiculous and hard, harsh. Um, But you've been told this. And so you begin to believe those lies. You know what? You're right. I'm not pretty and I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. So I don't need to have a second opinion for someone telling me that I am smart enough or good enough or loved or whatever, because I've already heard the first opinions and I'm going to believe that. And so those words care are, you know, you carry with you, um, as you go throughout life and you get all of these insecurities. All right. You're placing your trust in others and people will always let you down. All right. None of us are perfect, like I said, and so none of us are going to, you know, be able to be immune from people hurting us, whether it's with their words, um, with their, their looks, you know, their actions towards you and so forth. So I want to encourage you with this idea. Psalm 118 verse eight says this, it is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. I should not ultimately care what others think of me, how they view me, what they say about me. It shouldn't matter to me. But the truth is, it often does matter to me. Like it often probably matters to you. All right. And so honestly, I tell you this from the bottom of my heart. I have not gotten over the insecurities. I mean, uh, I'm not complete victorious, completely victorious over them. There are still moments where I revert to that little 11 year old girl who was denied her spot on the junior high cheer team. All right. Um, because I start to listen 
to um, the voices around me, all right, or start reading the uh, the mean messages, you know, posted on, you know, whatever, my social media or whatever the case may be, all right? But I want you to think now about drowning out the noise of those negative thoughts and those who speak lies to you, all right? Drown them out. Satan knows that mankind was created in the image of God and that God created only one you. So don't allow Satan to deceive you and have you believe the lies that you're not good enough or no one will ever love you. You're a failure. You're not going to amount to anything. Your parents are embarrassed of you. Your parents are disappointed in you. You're, you know, you're never going to measure up. Stop listening to those lies. Okay. Cause that's exactly what they are. They're garbage or in Spanish basura. All right. Don't listen to it. You need to learn to trust in God. All right. Again, Psalm 118.8 says it's better to trust in the Lord than to put your confidence in man. All right. And I know that by saying, oh, just trust in God is so easier said than done. Believe me. It's so easy to say, just trust in God, sweetie. Pat you on the back and send you on your way. All right. Or I'm praying for you. But let me tell you that you can completely trust God, but some of you might be giving me a cynical ear right now because maybe you feel like God has let you down in the past. Maybe God didn't heal your loved one like the way you asked him to do, like you prayed for, and he decided to let that loved one die. What if you asked God and prayed, hey, Lord, I have worked hard to get into this university of my choice. I am ready for it. Now send me the acceptance letters. Send me the scholarships. And God says no. He just closes all of those doors. So you feel like he let you down. You feel like you did your part. Now God just needs to do his. Um, what if you prayed for God to keep your parents together? You just begged him, please, God, do not let them get this divorce. And instead, they got a divorce. So you feel God let you down or maybe, um, you know, maybe it's later in your life and you've been trying to get this job that's going to help you, you know, whether you're going to college or maybe you're just out of college, whatever the case is, you've been praying, you've worked for this, you've got, you know, you've got the experience already, you're ready to go and you think you deserve it. And God says, nope, that one was when it wasn't for you. And again, you feel like God has let you down. A lot of people in this world blame God because they don't truly know God. All right. It is so easy for me to blame people, uh, or to say they act a certain way because I don't truly know them. I may know of them. I may be an acquaintance of theirs, but I don't truly know them. I don't know what motivates them. I don't really know what they're thinking. And yet often I can, um, you know, uh, make a perception of what I think they're thinking and thereby, you know, mess up, you know, a relationship. But if you want to learn how to trust in God, you're going to have to learn to know who he is. All right. You're gonna have to learn more of who he really is. Okay. And the only way you can really know him is that you're going to have to read your Bible and get to know him. All right. God doesn't promise to make your life easy and give you everything you want. God is not a genie in a bottle where you just say, okay, God, I did some work for you. Now give me my wishes. God is not someone you go to when you're, ex when you've exhausted all your other options. Like, okay, ask my parents. I asked my friends. I asked my mentor. I asked this person and all of their solutions or their advice rather hasn't given me the solution I want. So now find God. I'll come to you. He's not your last ditch option, nor is he someone who sits up in heaven, looking down at you, judging you and ready to unleash judgment if you mess up. And he is certainly not a sadistic being that 
um, wonders how much you can handle. And he's just going to keep giving you more and more and more. Unfortunately, people have these ideas about God because they don't know him. Who God is, I will tell you. He is love. He is holy. He is just. He is perfect. He is completely trustworthy. He wants to be the one and not the last one that you run to, confide in, and rely upon. He's a father to the fatherless. He can be your best friend if you let him. He never changes. He is the same today, tomorrow, and in the future. He sent his son to this world to reach you and your heart, to rescue you from the enslavement that, to sin and to fear, to your insecurities, all right? Jesus died on a cross. He rose again for you just so you could be free from the insecurities that plague you. God is an amazing God. And we often don't know that about him or people don't even give him the time of day because they believe God is someone that is supposed to do things for them because they've tried now for a little bit to follow him or obey him. All right. God is completely trustworthy and it should be, like I said, a a source of encouragement for you to know that he doesn't change. All right. Your best friend may not be your best friend a year from now. Um, because maybe your likes will change or you move and, and you just kind of fall out of touch with one another. Um, and so that will be probably heartbreaking to know that the best friend you've had for a while is not going to be the best friend for you for the rest of the time. You know, um, that can be difficult, but God never changes how he views you, what he wants to do for you, how much he loves you. That's never going to change. And that should be something that is a huge source of encouragement to you. So why wouldn't I trust God with my insecurities if he loves me so much? If he is the one who's so perfect and holy and just and all-knowing, why couldn't I trust him with my insecurities? He only wants what's best for you and he loves you so much. You need to get to know God before you can blame God. And I don't want to say blaming God is acceptable. Okay, that's not what I'm saying. But I can't blame people for my failures. Um, how should I say it? Let's give you a good quick example. Let's say I really want this podcast to succeed, right? But um, I don't put forth effort in knowing what type of content to produce that would be something that you would want to hear. And so I just wake up and I'm like, you know what? I heard this cool song. I think I'll talk about it for a little while. Um, and then I don't put anything out there for two months. And I'm like, uh, maybe I'll talk about this today. And then I don't put content out for three more months. And I'm really inconsistent with how often I put produce content. Is it going to succeed this podcast of mine? Absolutely not. And I can't blame anyone else but myself because I'm not consistent with like my content or I'm not doing the research that I need to do and so forth. Right. So a lot of times, like I said, I think people blame God because they just expect him to do whatever they want him to do. Um, and, and then they get frustrated when he doesn't meet their expectations, but we really need to know who God is. We need to know the heart of God. So when we are disappointed, like, man, God, why didn't I get that job? I actually thought I deserved it. I thought I was overqualified, maybe not overqualified, but I definitely was like, I have a lot of experience, Lord. So I don't really understand here why you give me a big closed door. I can't blame God for that. All right. I can't blame God for timing of things. Okay. I have to trust God and I can trust God. 
some of you may be thinking, well, that's stupid. I don't even believe in God and I don't want to trust him. Give me some practical tools to get over these insecurities. Okay, fine. I'll give you some. All right. For those of you who get anxious about unfamiliar situations, again, or new situations, like I don't know who's going to be at the party. I don't know who's going to be my roommate. I don't know who's going to be working with me, you know, whatever the case may be. Why don't you, the things that you are confident talking about, why don't you make a list in your head of ready topics to talk about when maybe conversation lacks, okay? Uh, maybe you've uh, got a good sense of humor and you've got like this one really funny joke that you share all the time or a funny story and then you can share that when there's like a lull in the conversation if you want, right? Um, or maybe you talk about things that are easy to talk about for you. Maybe it's like your hobbies and maybe you can ask if they have the same hobby as you. Or maybe you talk about family or maybe you start with, hey, where are you from? Oh, I'm from Ohio. Really? Oh, so you're from Illinois, Midwest. Cool. Okay. Like, so you know of the, and you can try to find some common grounds, but have your topics in your mind ready to go. So you're not just staring at the person or, and you're like, uh, okay, bye. And then you just leave the, you know, leave, um, remind yourself that people also feel like you do. They may feel socially awkward also. Okay. Um, I'll give you an example. I think it's a pretty funny story. So my husband, uh, he decided to go to law school and we, uh, we had three kids at the time. I was pregnant with our fourth one. And so we're moving to a state. Neither of us have ever been to before, never lived there, never visited. Um, and he's going to definitely a new situation, going to law school. And they had this thing called the law wives. And you may think that sounds really funny, like the Stepford wives or the desperate housewives or whatever you may, in case you want to say, but I knew that I was like, well, I need to find some friends. I do not want to be here by myself. So I went to this meet and greet at um, a professor's house, uh, you know, the the wife of a professor, and it was just for the female. So the husbands weren't there. So it's like meet and greet, come meet all these other wives whose husbands are going to law school as well and see, you know, if you have anything in common, if you are newly married, if you have children, you don't have children, you work, you don't work, whatever the case is. So when I enter a room with people I don't know, I'm actually very quiet, all right? I I find the corner I want to sit in and observe for a while because I just don't have these great conversation starters, all right? So most often what I find myself doing, it's a meet and greet. It's going to have food, all right? And I love junk food. So if I see a table of food, I'm on my way and then I'll find my corner. So I go to the junk food table. I mean, there's this large spread of M&M's, Snickers, chips, um, little miniature cupcakes, uh, fruit. I avoided the fruit. Uh, no, but there's got all these things that, you know, drinks and so forth. So I'm like, okay, get my little plate. Let's go. And I take my plate and I stand in the, um, in the corner, uh, actually, you know, near the end of this table and someone came over and started talking to me. So I was like, okay, I'll talk to you. Hi, my name is Tamara, blah, blah, blah. Right. Well, I put my plate down and so I finished my conversation and then all of a sudden there's no one to talk to. So I get nervous and I just start eating. I'm putting my hand, I don't pick up the plate. I'm just putting my hand, grabbing food, grabbing food, grabbing food. Um, and I'm doing this because I haven't like moved from my spot and no one else has come to say hi. Well, all of a sudden as I'm eating, I hear someone say, Oh my goodness. Who just ate all my food? I've been sitting here for two minutes talking. I turn around, my food's all gone. And I'm like, what? And I turn around and I had not been eating the food from my plate. 
I was eating from another plate and I had just eaten this woman's entire plate of M&Ms without realizing it. I thought it was mine. And I have to be honest, afterwards I thought, yeah, I wonder it was like the never ending plate of M&Ms. I didn't think I put that many on my plate. I was embarrassed, guys. My face immediately got red because this girl was loud, you know? She were on the south. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I think I did it. She's like, oh my goodness. I thought I was going crazy. Hi, my name is Erin, you know? And I was like, I'm Tamara. I'm the one that ate your food. Hugely embarrassing because people started laughing. But you know what? Erin and I became really good friends during the years that our husbands were in law school together, right? She had kids. I had kids. We bonded because I stole her food. So I am socially awkward. I just am. But um, once, you know, I broke the ice of eating her food, we had lots to talk about. And uh, obviously one of the topics we had in common was we both love M&Ms. All right. So again, just be prepared with some things that you feel confident that you topics you can talk about and have that in your arsenal. And if the conversation lags and you can't pull anything out, then um, say, well, it was nice seeing you and uh, walk away and try someone else, right? What about the area of insecurities where we think people are judging us all the time? The perceived judgment, like, did you see how she looked at me? What, why is she looking at me that way? You know, um, if you're one of those people that get insecure with a look, the first thing I have to say is hold on now, calm yourself down. That person may not have been looking at you. Okay. She may have been looking past you at something, or he may have been looking past you. All right. But if you are like pretty confident, they give you the side eye and you want to know why, well, then why don't you just go ask? And if you don't want to ask, why don't you just go up and say, hi, um, I, I think you're looking at me. I'm not sure. But anyway, I just want to introduce myself, you know, break the ice. Chances are they probably weren't looking at you, but in case they were giving you a side eye, because maybe you are dating her ex and you didn't know that and you showed to the same party as she was, then, um, you know, okay, fine. <laughs> you know, uh, duke it out. Just kidding. But, um, you know, approach people. Don't be afraid to approach them. Not in a, uh, aggressive manner, you know, on the attack, but, uh, just approach them. You know, maybe don't even ask if they were looking at you. Just say, Hey, I wanted to introduce myself. I don't know who you are, you know? And, uh, anyway, and if they're just rude, and they continue to uh, give you side eye, then in the words of Taylor Swift, just shake it off, girl. All right. Don't let other people's opinions of you who don't even know you because this is a complete stranger giving you a side eye. Or maybe it is someone, you know, giving you a side eye. That's when if you do know the person, you do need to ask them, hey, um, I feel like you're giving me a weird look is something going on? Did I do something? Or, you know, whatever. Um, you know, you can approach the person. But if this is like a complete stranger that you think is giving you some look, just go up and introduce yourself. And if they're rude and jerk, shake it off and tell them have a good day and don't worry what they think about you. They're not worth your time to think about those things, right? And then what about that third area that a lot of people struggle with? The whole idea of body image. Um, I want you to ask yourself a few things, you know, why are you insecure about your body? Is it because you think you need to look a certain way? Are people telling you that you need to look a certain way? Um, is it your boyfriend? Is it your family members? Um, your friends? Do they think, hey, you need to, you know, I think you need to change your look up, you know? What's your motivation to change? Or are you just trying to look like a celebrity? Or do you want more people to like you? If you think if you change your body, they'll like you better. Um, you know, what's the reason? If any of those are your motivations. I'm going to tell you those are wrong reasons to change the way you look. All right. Don't ever change for anyone. 
because all you will be left is unfulfilled and still hugely insecure. All right. Um, if it's the shape of your body that you don't like, you feel like you've got a, you know, there's a little bit of too much jiggle there and you want to make it more tone, then go start working out for you. All right. You go and pick a friend. Let's go, you know, lift weights together. Let's go jog together. Let's walk. Let's swim. Let's hike. Let's rollerblade. Whatever you want to do. If you think that you could probably get into shape, then go do that for you. Not because you're hoping that if you do this, more people will be attracted to you like you or whatever. All right. I would say definitely have an accountability partner, someone who's going to be like, hey, girl, did you work out today? Oh, yeah. I'm, well, let's let's work out together tomorrow, you know, and so forth. Um, but the body image, I want to offer a suggestion to in terms of sometimes maybe it's just like the clothing that we wear. Like, you know, maybe we just don't feel comfortable in the clothing that we pick out or people buy for us, um, like parents or whatever, but find clothing that makes you feel confident, confident and comfortable. All right. Um, I know there are certain outfits I put on. It's like a go-to outfit. Like if I like on my period, for example, I'm like, Oh, I feel so cruddy and gross. And bleh, you know, I will go to a certain outfit. And I'll be like, yes, girl, you don't look so bad, you know? And I'll be like, okay, we got this. And I'll go out for the day. Right. Um, there's just certain outfits for me that make me feel more comfortable. And there are other outfits I put on. I'm like, dude, what is this? Why did I buy this outfit? Well, I bought it. So I'm going to wear it, you know, and I just don't look that great in it. Um, and I, and so I really kind of like start shoving that to the back of my closet or I give it away to Goodwill, but, um, choose clothes that make you feel comfortable and confident. All right. I know, especially with my daughters, you know, I'll buy clothes. That I think are super cute for them. Like, Oh, this will look so good on you. Oh, this will look good on you. And they're, they have different heights, different shapes. So what looks good on one daughter is not necessarily going to look good on another. Right. And so I'll buy things that I think looks good on them and it does look good on them. But if they think I don't feel pretty in this or I don't feel comfortable, you know, I, I take it back usually. Now, if it's a really good deal, I'm like, girl, just wear it. Okay. <laughs> you know, but, um, that's, you know, the mommy and me, but, um, I do understand the idea that you sometimes you just don't feel comfortable in your clothing. So you're going to automatically feel insecure when you wear the outfit. So buy things that make you feel comfortable and confident. All right. Um, and I want to leave you with this idea. All right. Um, I, I am not proud of the way I look, all right? If I were recording this, I could show you. Um, the doctor's chart basically says I'm obese. And I'm like, really, bro? Because <laughs> I do, like, exercise five days a week, okay? Like, I do go speed walking the mommy walk or a jog for, like, 30 to 45 minutes five days a week. So I don't think I'm obese, you know? But um, but I definitely, you know, have gained a lot of weight, especially during the year of COVID. Oh, my word. It was like all I did was eat M&Ms nonstop. But here's the thing, though. I know I look a certain way because of the junk food I consume, right? So I am not helping myself. I know what to do to get me to look, you know, more uh, trim and, you know, toned and so forth. But quite frankly, I enjoy my M&Ms. I also enjoy Diet Coke and French fries and pizza and hamburgers, all right? But um, if I want to make a change and how I look, then I need to like ditch the junk food. I can't do it cold turkey. There's no way that's going to happen, but I don't need to eat M&Ms every night before I go to bed. That's a start, right? So, um, there are things that we might not like about ourselves, our bodies and so forth, but there, but some of those things we can actually change by just eating healthier or if we, you know, worked out and so forth. But if you don't want to do that, that's fine your body. Okay. But don't let anyone else make you feel badly about what you look like. And then just choose clothes that you feel comfortable in. I mean, honestly. All right. Um, 
think about that. All right. The, and also I want you to think about, um, the verse Psalm 139 verse 14. It is a verse I try to quote to myself often because I need to be reminded of it. But it says, for I I will praise thee for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works that my soul knoweth right well. Listen, I can't complain or be discontent with how God created me. I am unique. I am an original design by him. All right. If I do complain about things like, ugh, I wish my nose were smaller. Ugh, I wish my teeth were slightly larger, not so small. You know, I wish my teeth looked like the actresses on TV or whatever. If I complain about what I look like, things that I can't naturally change. I can't change my eye color. I can't change my nose. I can't change the size of my, my, my teeth without like having surgeries or things like that. Then what I'm really doing is if people know that I'm a Christian, what I'm basically saying about my God is that he made some mistakes on me, you know, and that is awful because you're giving people the wrong perspective of God. No wonder they want to blame him for things when things don't work out. And no wonder they think he's someone that they can't trust because he made mistakes on you. But I already said that God is perfect, right? Your looks, your personality, your intellect, your talents, God gave them to you. Praise him. Thank him for the personality he's given you, for the talents he's given you, for the intellect he's given you, uh, what you look like, okay? Praise him for that because there's only one you. And no matter how often we strive um, to change, to compare ourselves to others, stop. Stop the comparison. Comparison is a thief of joy, all right? And I have to say this over and over again to myself as well because I do tend to compare myself. Um, Where I teach at my high school, my room is situated where like I literally see every car come in to drop their kids off in what we call like the drop-off zone or the safety zone. I see these mothers sometimes get out of their car when they're late and they're like so thin and trim and they look super cute in these, you know, sweatpants suits and they got beautiful nails and their faces all perfect with makeup and, and I'm just like, ah, Look at me. I look so frumpy. I don't even know how to put makeup on. I wear mascara and lip gloss. The end. My nails. Oh yeah. I bite those when I get nervous. So they're always like, you know, not there. And I start to compare myself and that just robs me of joy. Right. And again, it gives me the wrong perspective of God. I'm not content with how he made me. So I just want to challenge you that. All right. Um, We all have insecurities, but we can squash them if we learn to trust God with those. I need to give those insecurities over to him, all right? Uh, God, I know that I want to change my body image. Help me to to really lose my my sweet tooth, all right? I can eat some of it, but I don't need to eat as often and frequently as I do. Help me to make better, healthier choices in food, even though I find vegetables disgusting. Um, Lord, I feel like this lady is constantly judging me at church. I don't really know what to do about that. Help me to give that to you, Lord, that it doesn't matter what people think of me. She may very well hate me um, and think I'm weird and awkward and just stupid, but help me to remember this is the personality you've given me and somehow you're going to use it for you. I don't know how, but I don't need to worry about what she thinks about me. Um, new situations. I don't know about this podcast, God. This is like, ah, it's new for me. I don't even know if I'm doing it well and 
are people really listening? I give it to God. I'm going to trust him that if this is what he wants me to do, he's going to help me succeed. It may take a while, but he's going to help me succeed. And then again, practical tools, just be ready. Come, you know, put on the clothes that make you feel confident, girl. Think of the topics that you know how to tell really well and uh, just go forward. You don't need to compare yourself. You don't need to, you know, change for other people. All right. Embrace who God made you to be. All right. Toss those insecurities to the side and just trust trust in him. Don't look inward about how you want to change yourself, but look upward. Don't be focused on you. Helping others will help you, I think, overcome those insecurities as well, because you'll realize, you know, you are pretty cool. The way God created you, what you look like, your hair color, your eye color, your skin color, the composition of your body, whether you're curvy or you're more straight, uh, you know, you know, hips, you don't have so many hips, you don't got, uh, you know, whatever. Um, God made you who he wanted you to be. And he looks at you and he says, mm, she's perfect the way I've made her. And she is beautiful. And she is awesome. Her personality, people might think she's awkward and weird or bizarre, but she is who I created her to be. And God looks at you and sees just beauty. All right. So don't let anyone else try to define to you what beauty should look like on you. All right. Embrace the you that God has created you to be. And remember, you can trust God fully. All right. Give those insecurities to him. Talk to him about them um, and ask how, you know, how, how has helped you to overcome them. All right. To be confident because you are definitely beautiful. We don't all look the same and praise the Lord for that. Because if we did, oh my goodness, what a very bland world this would be. And if we all acted the same or all had the same talents or the same intellect, again, boring. All right. Um, so it's good that God created you to be unique, fearfully and wonderfully made marvelous are God's works in your life. And your soul should know them. All right. So uh, think on those things, squash those insecurities, toss them aside because you don't need to live there. All right. I hope you found that to be helpful content for you. I encourage you to subscribe, of course, to the Kulak Chronicles podcast. So you don't miss any episodes. And then I do have an Instagram page for you called Kulak Chronicles. You'll see my name underneath, Tamara Camus Sayer. I post daily verses and thoughts, um, little snippets there, Bible verses, and I'm constantly posting things on my story, asking questions. So I'd love for your feedback. Uh, I want to truly be a help for you and something that you would enjoy listening to. So, um, there you go. Until next time, enjoy your days and be confident and embrace who you are because you are beautiful.